of the Bill Michael Show. Good you're on board. Saying hi to Casey and Steve listening to us. WDUZ up in Green Bay. Doesn't matter if we go AM or FM. We're good people up there. A lot of good people up there. Also saying hi to Marco who's listening to us on WMAM. Uh, Menominee Marinette. Good stuff there in the Bay Cities Radio. Radio group. Uh, Karen and her husband Dave looking forward to the tapping of the Golden Keg up in Lacrosse this weekend, which uh, I'm coming up. I, I don't know all the details as of yet. I think I'm doing something with Grant Bills. I I think there's some kind of some kind of event. I don't know where I'm doing the show from, but we're getting up early, I guess, on Friday. Uh, ben, have you ever been to October? I think I asked you this last year when we were up there. You ever, you've never been to Oktoberfest no, in Lacrosse, I've not. right? Okay, I got my friends uh, Joe and Ellen who just came back from Munich, Germany. And they were just at Oktoberfest in Germany, which is, they were showing me some pictures, which is just massive. The largest one in North America uh, boasts out of the Queen City of Cincinnati. And then the uh, the craziness that is, is in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So uh, I'm going to be over there for the uh, Oktoberfest. But hanging out with Grant Bills. Grant, Sorry now, to hear that. When Dave, yeah, when Dave Carney did it, Dave Carney was just basically uh, a radio guy sitting there listening to oompa music. I think it was at, at Sloopy's, Sloopy's uh, over there in uh, La Crosse. So the Golden Can, it, it's I think it's the Golden Can. I don't think it's the Golden Keg. I think it's the Golden Can. They tap that, I, and I believe it's Sloopy's is where they do it, and it's it's like craziness. It's just they start early. I mean, they're they're pros over there. You 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 know, just to be into the area of La Crosse, you have to be, uh, you got to be a card carrying drinker. <laughs> so. Going to be over there on, uh, on I believe it's Friday of this week, for the tapping of the Golden Can. So I, I think it's the Golden Can at Sloopy's and the Golden Keg, according to Complicated Fellow, who says the Golden Keg at the actual grounds afterwards. So Because last year we were supposed to do the show there, and then the Internet got all screwed up, and so we ended up running back down the street to WKTY in the studios. But looking forward to it. So I'll get another opportunity to go over and say hi to our friends at Buzzard Billy's and hang out there a little bit, get some good food, go up to the Starlight Lounge, which is looks like it was uh, pulled right out of the 1950s and 60s. Like uh, at any point in time, you're going to look in the corner and see the Rat Pack sitting there, which is really cool. Go over and get a martini and hang out. So good stuff. That's coming up later this week. We'll be on the road. Wednesday night, we are going to be uh, the Bill Michael Suttle back out and about again. We're going to be at the new Bullwinkles. In Brookfield. Uh, the old one is no longer there. They blew that thing up. Uh, they That and the old Motel 6 and a couple other things in that area they got rid of. And they're making a great big new motel or a hotel complex and apartments and fitness centers and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be there. So they went to the uh, Galleria, which is down the street. It's behind Cops, uh, the old Mamma Mia's in, uh, in Brookfield. That's where Bullwinkle's in the Galleria is now. So we're going to be there on Wednesday night, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Really looking forward to that. Uh, some emails to get to as uh, today is just kind of motored right along. We haven't got to all of them just yet. This is from Paul. Paul says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, just watching, re-watching the game from yesterday, I think that the offense became stagnant. The offensive line was not getting pushed. That's why Aaron Rodgers was in the shotgun so much. But I agree with you. It certainly seemed like it was taking away from the run game and no real threat because the defensive linemen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were pinning their ears back and just getting upfield. That's what I said is when you're not under center, regardless of where you go with the football, it's all taking place in the backfield. 
you're you're you know you're 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 getting upfield. Whereas by the t- think about it this way: when a quarterback gets the snap and takes the hand and and turns to take to, to give the handoff, he's doing like one step and there it is because the the fullback, running back, whatever has a head of steam moving forward as opposed to that stutter step that kind of takes away from the run game. I, I've never been a fan of running the football consistently out of shotgun. So that you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mike writes in the email inbox. He says, I blame this one on Matt LaFleur. The offense was clicking on all cylinders until the fumble. And after that, where did it go? They continually do this when they face adversity. They go and hide rather than that, rather than become more aggressive and do it all over again. What is wrong with Matt LaFleur? Does he get scared? I, it's not scared. I just think that in circumstances, certain situations, you're playing very good teams. And twice now we've seen where it can cost you in the postseason, and it ultimately has. And in this particular game, you're going against Tom Brady. You're worried about his ability to bring a team back, regardless of the uh, lack of weaponry that he has. And I just, I just think that they got, they don't want Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. They want to give him as much space to see the entire field. But I just, I, look, I just think it's wrong. I know they had success in the first three drives, but they still ran the ball from under center and moved things around from under center more often than not in the first three drives than they did the rest of the game, percentage-wise under center. I just I, I like it when Rod, because I think it just gives you it lends itself to versatility. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But it just it, it just lends itself to versatility. So just throwing it out there. Um Mark says you're gonna be watching the game on Thursday night. Finally, Cincinnati gets a win, but they're playing Miami in the Queen City. Uh, any thoughts on the game? Not really. Uh, I thought Cincinnati got okay against the New York Jets. You finally saw Joe Burrow. He threw what, what three, uh, three touchdowns. I actually uh, kept Joe Burrow in as my starter for my fantasy team. He threw three touchdowns. Jamar Chase got involved again yesterday. It wasn't a terrible day at the office offensive line-wise for them, but I'm going to really have to think. I'm most likely going to start Aaron Rodgers this coming week over Joe Burrow because Rodgers has the easier matchup. Even though defensively speaking, I think the New England Patriots are pretty solid, um, I think that Miami defense is is really good, and they've gotten exponentially better this season. So I don't think, even though it's at home on Thursday night, I don't think I'm going to start Joe Burrow. I think I'm going to start Aaron Rodgers. I may live to regret it. Now that Burroughs is starting to feel it, Burrow is starting to feel it, but yeah, not uh, not thrilled. And uh, uh, Green Bay, by the way, comes in nine and a half point favorites right now from BetOnline.ag with the over and under set at forty two and a half. Forty two and a half. I would be I I Ben I at forty two and a half. I almost take the under in that one because Mac Jones not going to play. With that high ankle sprain, the Packers' offense is not clicking on all cylinders, and the New England defense is pretty good. The only betting advice I can give is often what seems very obvious then turns out to be completely wrong. So because it seems so obvious it's the under, I kind of lean towards the over, if that makes sense. (sighs) 
That's the brain of someone who's lost a lot of bets. If the Packers win 27 to 10, it's the under. If the Packers win 30 to 10, it's the under. I, I don't think the Packers defensively give up many points, if any, to Brian Hoyer. A few field goals, maybe. Um, I, I'm going to have to take the under in that game. When we make our picks come come Friday, I'll probably get into that, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to take the under there. Just from the, uh, the early betting lines, if that's the way it stays. So, anyway. Uh, so, anyway, thanks for, the, thanks for the email. I certainly appreciate it. Um, 877-867-1670. Jason said, I think they should go in, meaning the Badgers, they should go in the direction of Lance Leipold. He has had solid programs built wherever he has been. UW-Whitewater, notwithstanding, look at the success that Bo Ryan had coming out of UW-Platteville to go on to lead Wisconsin to a national title game. I'm not going to say it's the same circumstance because football and basketball are two different things. You're relying upon, you know, 22 guys and so much more versus the, you know, the five to 15. Um, But maybe it is, maybe it is a path of success. As some of the coaches that are here in the state of Wisconsin that have had massive success get groomed for that and then continue to move up through the ranks and then ultimately have that kind of success. I don't know. I would love to see that story. You would love to see it happen. I'll take Deion Sanders, Bill. You know what? Shoot for the stars. Would, <clears throat> uh, did he? It, the rumor has it that he's going to take over at Arizona, at Arizona State at the end of the season. Do you see that happening? Everybody's going after him. Uh, right. Notably, there was one open. I think Georgia Tech is the one where everyone thinks he could go there. I don't know. It's a why big name, though. Georgia Tech? He can recruit. Right, but why would you want to take Georgia Tech? There's a brand there you could work with. Uh, yeah, it's it's been so long since Georgia Tech has been even relevant in the top ten. I, you know, I mean, Deion Sanders has proven that he can put some names together, he can do some things, and have success. I completely agree with that, but it, he can almost write his ticket anywhere. So why would he want to go to Georgia Tech? Nebraska is going to be looking. There's going to be some big time programs looking for some coaches. What I I just I don't know. I don't know if they would if he would take. Well, then again, if he does, kudos to him. And you know what? He may not even leave. Has he expressed interest in leaving? No, they just it's the old bring up his name like Jim Leonard in every single right. opening. Right. And he hasn't even really expressed leaving. He he. I remember an interview he did where he likes not having the pressure, just being able to do his thing and teach kids football. Once you get into the stratosphere of Big Ten, of big-time schools, say SEC, bigger programs, there's the pressure. Now the pressure's on. He likes not having pressure. He likes kind of being the underdog and just continually surprising people, as he did throughout his career. When he came in, coming out of the U, and when he ended up going to play baseball, he was playing both baseball and football, all of that. I I just, he likes kind of being that underdog guy. Once you get to the big-time programs, you're not the underdog anymore. There's expectations. So I, I I don't know if he ever leaves. I know he really likes where he's at, that's for sure. 
Um, 877-867-1670. Mark says, did you hear what Colin Cowherd said today about Aaron Rodgers? He continues to trash him. Not really. Not not really. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't care what Colin Cowherd has to say. You know why? Here's the reason why. There are times when he comes up with something that's insightful and you can grasp on and it's a different spin to an opinion. And I can respect that. There's other times it's it's like Mike Greenberg having his lips securely attached to the Cowboys and to LeBron James. For to Aaron Rodgers for a while, I will admit that. But Colin Cowherd routinely from the West Coast goes after Aaron Rodgers. Routinely. And it's because it probably be, brings him his biggest click when he says something controversial. It goes back to what we talked about last week. There's some guys that just say stuff, and there's no way you can possibly believe it. I give him a little more credit than I do Skip uh, Skip uh, Bayless because at least he throws some statistics behind it and a little bit more thought. But sometimes it's you. You can just you can just see it. You can just see it. You know. Oh, that's right. Dion did go to uh, Florida State. He was a Seminole. He wasn't from Miami. I knew he was from Florida. My mistake. Thank you very much. But it's just, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of of his. He does bring in some good guests. He does bring up some good opinions. He's Out of all the guys that I really don't have a lot of respect for, at least Colin Cowherd is more respectable than a lot of those guys. And I do like some of the things that he has to say I, I, because I do feel that there's some insightful insightfulness there. But Sometimes I'm just like, where where would you pull that out of? You know, where would you pull that out of? Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, time to get our guy in. Mike Clemens going to join us. NFL Serious Radio, our Green and Gold Insider. He's going to be here. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show yet to go right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. In this extreme heat, Rodgers fires quickly, end zone is caught for the touchdown by Alan Lazard. The only two guys who knew that could have been thrown are Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else on the field, they're just running a run to the left. You know, two and one sounds a lot better than one and two. These are the wins that you get early on in the season that can help you separate yourself from the rest of the pack come December and January. So, tough out win. Hopefully we won't play in weather conditions like this again <laughs> um, for obvious reasons, but great, great team one. I'm going to hurl. And he did. Spewing. Spewing on the sideline. Welcome to the program. And uh, Mike Clemens brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, clean, which is the best part about it. Go to BayMotelGreenBay.com. It's just a stone's throw away from Lambeau Field, the Bay Family Restaurant, with some really good homestyle cooking, especially their chili. By all means, stop in, check it out, and uh, and grub down and enjoy it. And then get over to the stadium and catch yourself a game or whatever else is going on up in Green Bay. Go to BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. So, Mike, uh, the uh, temperatures, let's start there first and foremost, because uh, they did, the temperatures on the field were about 100. 
and they did wreak a little havoc with the Green Bay Packers, although early on I thought it played more in, uh, against Tampa Bay than it did the Packers. Yeah, and I'm told that uh, Alan Lazard had his own seat on the bus to the plane after the game, too. Just <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, – uh, um, give me the willies, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, you kind of that's kind of a head scratcher because you think of, sometimes it's the big guys, you know, like some defensive lineman that's that's not going to be able to handle it. But you know, Allen is a kid from Des Moines, Iowa, so you know, the hundred degree heat getting to him. He had a good day. I mean, he got, had the touchdown catch. He had one for twenty six yards, four catches for forty five yards, and averaging you know eleven eleven yards uh, per catch. And you know, they needed him out there with Sammy Watkins down and. You know, Randall Cobb coming back from an illness all last week. Randall had that great play. I thought that there was two plays, by the way, that Rodgers made um, that I talked about last night in the postgame show, and that was this one where he hit Randall Cobb down the left seam, and then Randall ran with it for 45 yards or so. And I think in another time he hit almost a very similar route, you know, Tyler Austin, the, the tight end. But those throws that Rodgers made over the middle, uncharacteristic, he, they, you know, whether he actually finds a target there, but he was trying to cut through Todd Bowles' defense and amazing throws. But, yeah, it was hot. Uh, they, they, uh, LaFleur told in the production meeting, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson uh, working for Fox, that, yeah, they actually turned up the heat in all the meeting rooms. Uh, you know, they did have longer sessions in the inside the Hudson Center and all that to try and get these guys to think about, you know, it's going to be hot on Sunday. And it was. It was 89 degrees at the kick. It got into the 90s, you know, lower on. And it's like 100 degrees down in the field. So, yes, LaFleur, you know, when the temps are 100 degrees like that, um, it's you, you've got – do you actually game plan? Do you think about that? Is that a factor for your team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it definitely plays a part, but they got to play in it too. And it, it felt like early on in the first half, especially, um, I mean, shoot, I thought their defense was a little, they, they were tired. This is the first time they played in a game since I don't know when down here because their first two games were in domes. So I think it, it impacted both teams. And you're never going to make an excuse for, you know, how the weather impacts you. So you just got to deal with it and suck it up and, you know, what I was disappointed was, like, we had so many opportunities, it felt like, in the second half with really good field position, and we did nothing with it. He He's not lying there. I mean, the three and outs, the four and outs, it was, uh, it was a little disheartening offensively speaking. What wasn't was the fact that David Bakhtiari did play. Like you and I talked about, we were a little surprised that, you know, usually if you play – you're a go. You play. But uh, they put him on a pinch count, 35 snaps out of this possible 62. And he was the highest graded pass blocking offensive lineman the Packers had yesterday. So uh, if he gets his wind about him, you would expect hopefully today, no soreness. Hopefully on Wednesday, he's a good to go guy again. And we'll see what happens with David Bakhtiari, but not a bad day at the office. Matt LaFleur plays his cards close to his vest. So like even like the heat issue, like you're talking about, when he mentions their, you know, yeah, the Buccaneers, they played in air conditioning at AT&T against the Cowboys and then against the Saints in the Superdome. So they're, they're kind of like us coming into this game. And then the big question, when where are you going to get your $50 million left tackle back on the field after 19 months and three surgeries? You asked me on Friday's show, do you think Bakhtiari goes this time? And I said, no, I, you know. And, and even after the injury report came out and it said he was limited Friday, don't you think at least, at the very least, he would be listed as a full participant 
and if not three practices in a row because they're doing this every other practice thing. But last week when David didn't show up on Wednesday, and there was something wrong in the building that day, there was some sort of a mood thing going on. Maybe they found out about Sammy Watkins. I don't know. But he only practiced on Thursday, and then I guess he did a run-through on Friday. LaFleur came up with this plan because he said one time when he was working for the Houston Texans, they had a similar situation where they're trying to bring back a big old offensive lineman. He admitted last week in a press conference that we had about, yeah, you know, if you're bringing back Elton Jenkins, that's why you run the ball a lot against the Bears because pass protection is a lot tougher on these guys blocking on your line with uh, coming back from ACLs. They'd rather run block than pass protect, but, of course, that's true for any offensive lineman. And LaFleur said, so David Bakhtiari, and LaFleur told Wayne Larrabee before the game, is going to play, but it's going to be limited. And I heard that, and I thought, what is, what's limited? You know, mm-hmm. you're either playing or not playing. And I thought, I thought it was just brilliant to have them go in and rotate in Bakhtiari uh, along with Yash Nyman. But Yash and Bakhtiari were not in favor of this plan. Nope, he was not. Why did you think that was the way to go? I just thought all the, just everything around it in terms of, okay, you're coming down here to an environment where it was, uh, let's face it, it's hard to replicate what those guys had to play through today. You know, he hasn't, I just thought to keep Yash involved, Yash has done a hell of a job all season long, and, and even back to last year, he's done a great job just from a conditioning standpoint to keep both of those guys fresh. This is something that we did. I remember back uh, in Houston when I was there with uh, two guys, Mike Brazell and Casey Studdard, and I'll never forget asking Mike um, after the game about it, and he's like, yeah, it was, it's crazy because, you know, defensively, they typically roll the D lineman in and out and to try to keep him fresh, and he's like, yeah, it's, I, was, I was pretty fresh the whole game. So just kind of went back to that experience, and I know it's... It doesn't happen much in this league, but just to try to keep him available for the whole game. And we didn't we didn't want to go zero to sixty with him in in regards to okay here here here's a guy that hasn't played a lot really outside of that Detroit game hasn't played in almost two years. Do you load him up with sixty plays in the game? And we didn't think that was the right thing to do. So um, and it's Yasha's Yasha's done a great job as well. So it's a credit to Yash and. You know, I don't. Who knows how we'll go forward? Does he just yeah. wait and see how he does. Or? Yeah, we'll see how how he responds. You know, how his knee responds to to uh, the load that was put on him today, and you know, we'll make a decision what what we feel like is in the best interest of us as a football team moving forward. The Mike, the uh, you know that thought David Bakhtiari wanted to be a full go. Uh, I think they made a really good decision. I'm not a huge fan of rotating offensive linemen, but I think they made a good decision. But <laughs> I can only imagine Bakhtiari after all this time saying, hey, you're cleared to play, and then said, oh, by the way, you're going to be on a pitch count. I got to uh, probably think that didn't sit real well. No, uh, Bakhtiari was, a, you know, he admitted that the coach came to him and he was not a fan of it. Um, he was asked about, you know, the last time he played in Tampa was, you know, when the Packers lost to Tampa in October of 2020, 38 to 10. The Packers started out good in that game, and then things started to go down the wayside. And you saw the panic in Rogers' eyes when he lost Bakhtiari to a cracked rib in that game. So he's asked about, you know, coming back now. His first game back is, you know, besides the Lions thing, is uh, is against the Buccaneers. And how did the knee feel right there after the game yesterday? 
I'm pumped full of adrenaline right now, so <laughs> I think it's a question you can ask me <laughs> in the coming days. Yeah, it was the first time for me. It was, uh, I think, a lot of uh, a lot of talk, but at the end of the day, we trusted uh, the head coach, and then me and Yash just bought in. It was something that, uh, full disclosure, that we weren't the biggest fans of in Limeworth, but I mean, it give credit where credit's due. Coach stuck to his guns. He called it. We looked at each other. We said, hey, we're going to make the most of this, and I think it was positive on, on both of us. I mean, I, I tip my hat to Yash, and constant consummate pro watching his growth so much appreciate him stepping in for obviously this has been a tumultuous time for me and seeing him grow and flourish is i've been very very pleased with and just couldn't be happier to have someone to, to work back and work with at left tackle and sure this is a lot of awesome things coming on my end but i mean i'm just very like you can't not talk about me being out there today without yash i think for our season and this team and then particularly you know for the guys that were here in 2020 and then i mean even for me, my I got knocked out of this game. I remember this where I broke my rib. So to come back out here, finish the game, beat them, uh, there's a lot of positive takeaways. I'm just fortunate, blessed, happy. There you go. That's David Bakhtiari. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I want to let you know a couple of different things. First of all, the pro shop up there at uh, our friends at Four Seasons Island Resort, the River Course, still open, still time to golf. they got a limited offer, 25% off when you book between now and October 16th. you got to get up there. 25% off, by the way, your stay. Use uh, use the promo code uh, BillMichaels15. Uh, or fall 25, either way. But Bill Michaels, 15, get a hold of our girl Barb and make uh, make a reservation now, 715-324-5800, 715-324-5800. Ask for Barb and say, hey, I heard about it on the Bill Michaels Show. I'm looking for 25% off my stay. If you book right now, between now and October 16th, book it, and they're giving you money off. And the best part about it is you can also go down to Pestigo and check out Forgotten Fire Winery, which is not far away. Make it kind of a fall colors type of thing and then go to the winery and get yourself some uh, some some money off as well along the way. That's the best case scenario. Uh, for all the information, fourseasonswisconsin.com, thefourseasonswisconsin.com. More of the Bill Michael Show with Mike Clemens coming up. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Punt on fourth down with O'Donnell again. After the turnover, the Bucks team makes a big stand. Garden's going to let it go, and it's down at the one. To have Pat punt the way that he punted, and then Ford, you know, be around the ball almost every time. Keyshawn to catch the ball on the one-yard line. Onside kick recovery, kind of a phantom. It looked like uh, running to the kicker penalty, but and to have a special teams is bare minimum breaking even. And today, I feel like we actually won the advantage. That uh, that's nice. Welcome back. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Good to get a win. Wasn't clean by any stretch of the imagination. We all know that, but it's it's nevertheless good to get a win. Joining us uh, on the hotline, our buddy Mike Clemens. And uh, Mike, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur talked about, you know, when it came to the defense, specifically late in the game, once they got it going, I, I, look, say what you want about the defense and about prevent defense and Joe Barry defense late in the ballgame. The defense held them to 12 points, a couple of field goals and one touchdown. In, in All in all in a day, that's great work, man. And at the end of the day, uh, even though it's now Tom Brady and, you know, you've been out in that stuff for three and a half hours, 100-degree heat, and you're on the road and the Buccaneer fans are yelling, 
and all, uh, don't lose your head. Don't lose your cool. Because there was plenty of opportunities to do it, like when Jair Alexander has to leave the game after just six plays, and now you're throwing Keyshawn Nixon, a special teams guy, into the mix, and he's going to suddenly he's your nickel, uh, keeping your cool. Or you know the play of the game is Devondre Campbell blocking that you know the two point attempt, uh, blocking a Tom Brady pass. So Lafleur said that's something he was stressing all week long. You know don't. You've got beat by these guys in the regular season and the NFC Championship team, and when you're on defense, you can't go into a panic when Tom Brady gets it going. You know, one thing we always talk to our guys about is just how do you respond when adversity strikes, and I thought specifically our defense, you know, allow a touchdown there in the two-minute drive and just to kind of reset themselves and play that final play uh you know I, I just loved how we responded i think it was a, a gritty team win we had a lot of guys step up Keyshawn nixon you know with jair going out so early i thought he battled he competed not only defensively but created that big time uh force fumble but also on on teams i thought pat o'donnell was huge today kind of flipping the field position quite a bit you know you could see Keyshawn running down rudy ford running down it was just great to see david back in the lineup how about Randall Cobb making some big-time plays, and the guy didn't practice all week. He was he was sick all week. A great, great win for us. Obviously, there's there's a lot of things that we need to clean up. I think anytime you you hold a team like that to 12 points, you got a chance at winning. Uh, which you know what, I agree. Anytime you hold a team to 12 points, you should win a ball. It's not a great chance. You should win a ball game because that's the way it works in the NFL. And guys came in. Keyshawn Nixon came in. Admirable job yesterday. Jair goes down again. We have to wait and see what the extent of the groin injury is. But the guys in the secondary, I thought, Mike played extremely well. Yeah, and and this Bisaccia stuff too. Your special teams coordinator, you know him say him telling the Packers get Pat. Get Pat O'Donnell out of the Bears. That's a consistent kicker. And let me bring in guys from Vegas, you know, like number six, Dallin Levitt, who can play some safety. Now, he got burned in the 49ers preseason game. But I saw they move him now to the personal protector on the punt team, and he seemed to be a pretty good, do a good job. He's also had some good pursuit on these punts. I saw Basaccia, I think it was, uh, he had Eric Stokes, the speedy corner, on the very first uh, a punt coverage team try and block the uh, the Buccaneers' first punt, and then he went. You know they re, they substituted that, but they're they're trying these things and they're identifying players. I even saw Dean Lowry out there. You know some starters that are playing special teams, and then Keyshawn Nixon, man, who you know was on and off in camp, had some injuries in camp, but he played 47 snaps after Jair had to leave after six snaps with the groin injury. And he was asked, Nixon was asked, how to feel of play in a big game like this against Tom Brady in the final seconds in 90-degree heat? It was actually stressful, you know? I mean, Brady's Brady. I mean, we got the greatest, they got the greatest. You never know, but human at the end of the day. So we're just going to play ball, they're going to play ball, and we're going we gonna to take this win. It was ugly, but who we want, we're going to go back home with this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm here to win, you know? Whatever they need, I'm going to do it like a you know, Swiss Army knife, you know? But... Play defense, special teams, whatever they need me to do, we're going to do. I want to win a Super Bowl. I want a ring, so we're going to get there. We get prepared really well during the week by Coach OG, Coach Jerry, Coach Gray. But, uh, yeah, man, preparation. They give us all the good looks to be ready to play. And it don't matter who you are. You, it's a standard. Uh, you got to live with the standard. You got to play. You got to play. 
Now, Mike, I think the argument can be made the or the uh, the the Buccaneers they were without quite a few weapons on offense, and that that's to be understood. But still, they sh- they wanted to shut down Leonard Fournette and make Tom Brady semi one dimensional, and that's exactly what they did. They shut down that run game. Yeah, and I, you know, Jason Lick is the general manager. He's a guy. He's like fifty one years old now. He had some time with the Patriots. Uh, and uh, two or three other teams. And he was so impressive at the Combine because in March, he didn't know, you know, Tom Brady said he was going to retire. So he was standing there, and, and, and he answered one of the most honest questions I got from any league executive in the last two years when he was asked, if you trade for another quarterback and then Tom's not coming back if the retirement sticks, how many quarterbacks are out there? And he said, well, about seven. <laughs> There's right. only seven NFL quarterbacks that are really game winners. The rest are just a bunch of guys. Only seven. And then, of course, you know, two weeks later, Brady calls and, and they come back. But now Brady's back, and he's, he's, he's on the oldest team in the league. Of course, he tips the average as well. So this is when you get the problems. When you, when you stack up your team with Julio Jones uh, and, and all these other senior citizens, you know, and Chris Godwin's, you know, injured again. Uh, you got guys like you know Russell Gage out there with four, leading your team with four catches and 28 yards. And you know we we talked to Gage after the game about did you guys lose today because you were missing those guys or because of missed assignments? Just execution, man. As you said um, early on, we were shooting ourselves in the foot a lot, you know. And I think we just we we gotta understand we that type of team, you know those. The earlier in the game, that's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. Um, that last drive is what we're capable of, what we know we can be. And we just got to learn and figure out a way to duplicate that on every drive. Now, I, look, Brady has made a lot of receivers really, really good. But I think what he had to work with yesterday, he, he struggled. Yeah, absolutely. And he was asked point. And I think he also knows, Bill, that after – the minute 49 press conference, even though they won a close one against the Saints 20-10, to their rivals, um, I think he realized that maybe his, he's got to change his mindset for what his team's going through or he's going to lose the team if he's yelling at everybody and frustrated and spiking iPads. And so he's asked after the game, so how much did you miss Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, or the suspension of Mike Evans when you're playing Green Bay today? I think you'd always, you know, rather play with your, with with the guys that are, you know, your your top players on your team, and but they're not, you know, a lot of they're not playing with a lot of their top guys either. So, the guys went in there, they fought hard. We just, just too many too many mistakes. Even if you know, I don't know, it's, it looked to me we had a chance to make a lot of plays and we didn't. Doesn't matter really, you know, the guys that were in there. Some of the guys did a great job with their opportunities, and we just got to keep doing it. So, we're two and one. There's a lot of football left. Um, we'll keep working at it. Doesn't get easier next week going up against Chiefs, but you know, no one feels sorry for us, nor should we. We just got to go back to work. Yeah, Packers, uh, they lost the ball. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones, one pick uh, by Aaron Rodgers yesterday. But uh, Tampa Bay had some turnovers as well, and the Packers give the Packers again their defense credit. They were able to turn the ball over. Yeah, and so Brady was asked about that too. Those kinds of turnovers, like three fumbles in the game, you lost two at home against the Packers. Yeah, too loose of the ball, too loose of the ball. And now, again, it's just, it's, that's important for all of us. We talk about ball security. You know, we got to keep 
doing a good job on the pass game, ball security. It means protection. That means me making good reads and good throws, them securing the ball when they catch it, you know, when the guys who touch it. You know, we all got to do a great job of it. And you're right, you know, we haven't done a great job of it. We got our defense done a great job getting the ball for us in field position. And you, know, you hold a team to 14 points, you know, that's, that's a great defensive effort against, you know, a great team like that. I will say, watching Tom Brady run gave me hope that I'm a fast guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, you, you wonder if this is going to be, oh, is he going to be sensitive about this? And when the fact that he he made fun of himself, I think it also indicates it's like, okay, here's the reality. We, are, we were riddled with injuries. Um, I missed some time in camp, you know, because of the family situation. I decided to come back to this, okay? I made the decision. And I better, I better turn this thing around and make it fun for this team again, or, or we're going to lose them. So when he was asked about that, what, what are you doing, man? You're 45 years old, and you're running with the ball on third down down the middle of the field, and, and you ended up getting your knee brace broken. What happened on that play? I saw a lot of open green grass and no Packers, and I could turn a 40-yard gain into 18 better than anyone in the NFL. So unfortunately, I slid. I broke my knee brace, and you know I had to get it on the sideline but if i'm running it it's usually not a good thing so i'll give it to the guys who can run with it uh breaking the knee brace the, the slide was a little awkward i think the knee brace just dug into the ground and snapped so i don't think anything you know terrible out of that but uh you know now uh will we see this team down the road in the postseason do they turn this offense around well they've got challenges because it's todd bowles it's not bruce arians i don't know if bruce is maybe a better game manager uh, Brady's playing yesterday with a, a third-string left tackle, two guys on the interior line that were new to their positions as well, uh, and all these other injuries. At least his defense was competitive yesterday. His, his defense held Aaron Rodgers to 14 in the second half of the game. And so this is the frustration you hear in Brady's voice when he was asked by one Tampa reporter, gee, can the Bucks' offense turn this thing around from what you're seeing in practice? Uh yeah, we'll and we'll keep working at it for sure. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty much it. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Like he's gonna go. You know what? No. This is it, man. Sucks, doesn't it? That's it. It's all over. I broke a knee brace, and that's about the end of it. So, hang in there. We got more of Mike Lemons. Uh, stay, stay tuned. We got more of Mike coming up. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show right around the corner. Of this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha, home of the Al Capone sausage, the Al Capone roast. Not to mention the wonderful ribs on a stick. Am I making your mouth water yet? They've got those garlic parm chicken skewers and just everything you want in your hometown butcher. They are your hometown butcher. Go to Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. And you got a lot of tailgating coming up next weekend. Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Final segment, Bill's Michael Show, coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you would have said in the offseason we'd be 2-1 and one after 3 with these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Packers now 2-1, and one, come back home. They face the New England Patriots this coming weekend, probably without Mac Jones, who had a severely sprained high ankle sprain. 
in the game yesterday. This portion of the program brought to you by a couple of great places. Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. They raised over $2,000 for the Fisher House uh, a couple of months ago when they had that grand reopening of their new addition. So thanks to Dan Della and his staff and our friends at the Nice Ash, downtown Waukesha, 323 to be exact, West Main Street, downtown Waukesha, good cigar, good hookah, music and live music and stuff on the weekends, but just a great place to go, relax, a little whiskey, a little bourbon, and uh, catch some of the games. That's our friends at thenicash.com, thenicash.com. Mike Clemens on board for the final few segments of the program. You know, Mike, one of the guys that really impressed eight for eight yesterday on catches was Romeo Dobbs picking it out of the air, man. He really, he looked pretty solid. Yeah, and i got to make a quick correction. Russell Gage was the leading receiver for the Buccaneers. He had 12 catches filling in for those guys who are sick or injured. And the same thing for the rookie, Romeo Dobbs. And so Rodgers was asked, now, did he get these passes, you know, because you now trust him? Or just because, you know, guys like Sammy Watkins is on IR and, and Cobb is coming back from illness? No, we called some plays for him, and he made nice nice catches. The thing about Romeo that gives you confidence is the majority of the time he catches the ball with his hands. I was teasing him at practice on Friday because he had a ball on the uh, left sideline short, and he kind of bodied it. And I just was calling him a body catcher uh, because – he has such great hands, and then two plays later, I threw him this over-the-shoulder corner route, and he just went, Meep. you know, he just has such great hands. A couple balls were off the frame today that he caught very nicely. Uh, he's learning. I feel like his route running seemed like was pretty solid today, but we'll go back and look at the tape and see if there's some more opportunities I could have given him. It's uh, He's a guy, I said all along, I thought he'd be the better receiver early on, and uh, certainly has been. Obviously, Christian Watson with limited opportunities because of injury more than anything, but uh, Dobbs is is proven to be uh, proven to be a good pass catcher. Yeah, Watson inactive again because of injuries, but Dobbs is the most humble kid out of Jefferson High in the in you know in, in the inner city of Los Angeles. He talked about you know his accomplishment yesterday, leading the team in receptions. I just you know just ready to move forward from whatever is happening, and I, I understand you know it was a big game. I mean that's just that's just part of the game. Whatever you know performance. I mean if it was a bad performance, I'd be the same way. And all right, good. You know just making sure I just stay true to who I am. You know not just a player but as a person. So. Mike, I guess now we just look forward to the rest of the week. We want to see how David Bakhtiari responds after his first significant playing opportunity. Obviously, Jair and what that injury holds. If Christian Watson, you know, the, the disappointment in Sammy Watkins going on the IR. And, and so there's some things there to kind of pay attention to. But for the most part, uh, a win is a win. And it doesn't look like it's going to be an extremely strenuous win if it's going to be Brian Hoyer at the helm on Sunday. In the meantime, you got Brian Gutekunst could probably shaking uh, Romeo Dobbs' hand saying, thank you for proving your eye. I could get a guy with eight receptions that I got in the fourth round, and I didn't have to pay big money to some 30-year-old free agent. Yep, no doubt. Mike, great stuff. We'll talk again later this week, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. That'll do it. Mike Clements rounding things out. Good four hours today. Thanks to all of you for participating. Packers get a win. Badgers, ah, they got to regroup. Red Bielema's coming to town. Bill Huber coming up tomorrow from SI.com. Don't forget, we've got the huddle coming up at Bullwinkles uh, on Blue Mound and the uh, Galleria on Wednesday night, brought to you by Bud Light. So a lot of stuff going on. We'll be out in lacrosse later this week. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.